Welcome to the WWE Podcast Mailbag for this June 22nd, Wednesday, 2022. Got some emails, got some voicemails. This is about you guys. This is your show. I want to know what you're thinking with so much news going on with Vince and Sasha, uh, the return of Brock Lesnar, Roman versus Brock, already set for SummerSlam. So interested to hear what all of you have to say. So let's get everything going right after this. You got to check out the Mentality Show. If you could be a fly on the wall and could hear how men think and really want to hear what goes on in the minds of everyday men, then you should check out The Mentality Show every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. Real men, real talk. The Mentality Show. You can find them anywhere you stream podcasts and YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look up The Mentality Show. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. You're gonna acknowledge me. Welcome to the WWE Podcast Mailbag. It is Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022. Let's dive in, everybody, to the mailbag and start with a shout-out. For our latest patron, newest patron, Isaac Baston, and uh, he took advantage of our yearly discount, so I'd invite you to as well. If you pledge a yearly uh, contribution, you get a discount, so check that out, guys. If you're a new, uh, if you're a new uh, patron or thinking about becoming a new patron, it's available to new patrons only for a yearly discount. Check it out over at patreon.com slash WWE podcast because you get everything ad free. None of these ads will exist. The ones that you hear every 10 minutes do not exist. (laughs) So uh, certainly take a look at that and I would appreciate it or our website, wwepodcast.com. Okay, well, let's speaking of patrons dive into those patrons because we've got uh, a very active mailbag today and. I'd imagine so, given everything that's happened over the last, my God, week. It feels like it feels like there's been a year's worth of news in like four days. It's insane. So let's start with, uh, hmm, let's start with Josh. Let's see what he says here. And Josh writes in as a patron and says, "Hey Matt, I 100% agree with Omas's finisher cleanup. When it was counted to three, I out loud said." What the hell? I couldn't tell that was a finish. Yeah, look, I I alluded to that a little bit last night. And uh, Omos just has to clean it up. It's not a huge deal. It can be believed as a finish. Okay, it's not, you know, big E's big ending. Okay, it looks like it could be a finish and it should be a finish. But it just needs to be cleaned up, tightened up. You know, that's all. That's that's all that the the, the criticism I have to, to make it feel like it's, oh my God, he hit it. Instead of just like, did he toss him or is that a finish? Like, as fans, we shouldn't be sitting there wondering if that was his finish or he just kind of tossed him by his neck, right? That's all. And uh, so, cool. All right. Uh, Vince coming out at this point has to be just, or it has to be him. Just slinging wood if you catch my drift. He's insufferable to me now. Yeah, look, um, he, Vince McMahon right now is, 
I think that it is majority self-serving, but I also believe that it is also the love of the company he's doing it out of, in part, not majority, but the, the minority of the reasoning he's doing this is because he's trying to create the illusion of stability or the perception, maybe it's the same thing, of stability within management of WWE because don't forget, they are a publicly traded organization. If you're publicly traded, you have to be concerned about the stockholders and shareholders that are pouring money into your company that they don't get the perception that things are out of control because that's not a stable place to put your money. So Vince coming out, I think, is trying to also, in part, small part, he's trying to create that perception of stability to everyone, including the fans and stake uh, shareholders. But certainly it's more self-serving and pointless than anything else. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I'm done with Vince right now. Unless, unless Vince has got something to say, unless Vince is going to come out and talk about it, which he won't because that would be a dumb legal move, then, then I've got nothing to say to Vince. Like, I, I don't want to hear from him. If, he, if he's going to come out and just repeat like things we already know, for example, Raw, he comes out, uh, or SmackDown, and he comes out, and he's like, uh, then now and together, together is the most important, don't forget, and uh, I'll see you later. And then on Raw, he's like, don't forget, guys, John Cena's coming back uh, next week. It's like, yeah, Vince, like we've known that for a month. Thanks, though. Thanks for coming. If he comes out and just says obvious crap just to continue to try to self-serve whatever ego he has, then yeah, I want nothing to do with this crap. And the crowd needs to start booing him. They won't because it's Vince and they are there because they are a fan of the WWE product. But I hope the crowd at some point just like boo, like if they cheer him when he comes out and then when he comes out and says nothing, they just boo him out of the building. That's what I want. as like a, a, like a, a collective response to your nonsense. That's what I would love. Okay. The Elias Ezekiel stuff is real good in my opinion. They did a great job this week making it look real, and KO sells the hell out of it. Also, at this point, what's the payoff, you know? Well, first of all, I agree. Look, Ezekiel and Elias, they are doing more than I thought they could do with this silly story. And, you know, you do wonder how long it's going to go on, and I don't know what the payoff is. I really, really doubt WWE knows. They're just flying by the seat of their pants on this. Because I, I I can't even imagine what the payoff is. Is the payoff that Kevin Owens proves that it's Elias? And they're the one and the same? Is that what this is? I mean, I'd imagine that the payoff comes when Kevin Owens calls them both out. And says, both of you need to come out here, right now. Not one at a time, no excuses, both of you, right? Because that will be the ultimate test. And if, if that whenever that happens, I'd imagine that... Um, I, I I don't know. It, it'll it'll be proven, but the fans won't care, and Ezekiel will beat Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens moves on to something else. That's all. All right. Yeah, it's it's fun though while it is last. It's silly, but it is fun, and Kevin Owens is really really making it. Okay, moving on. Let's see here. Uh, the Grim Reefer writes and says, "Hey, WWE podcast, Grim here." Uh, by the way, Graham, loved your uh, earlier messages. I won't put them on the mailbag because they were um, they were in they were sent via under the influence, and I love it. I mean, I have actually I don't I'll say this: I've never done this show under the influence of alcohol, which is amazing. I actually thought about it the other day. 
I'm like, what would a drunk show be? Maybe it'll be my next After Dark show. Yeah, because I haven't done an After Dark show in a couple of weeks. I just did an after show, which I put on our feed and our uh, our normal feed and the uh, other feed. But I do wonder, <laughs> you, you inspired me, Grim, to uh, perhaps do a show as the After Dark version, so it's not on the public feed, uh, drunk. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'd say. I have no clue. But uh, maybe, guys, tune in for that. If you want to get a, and be a part of the After Dark show, which is uh, X-rated and R-rated, uh, do not. I don't talk about wrestling. It's you know much more scandalous than that. Um, and personal stories and things. Uh, subscribe to us on patreon.com slash WWE podcast. It's only available there. But uh, anyway, yeah, I think you inspire me, Grim. Anyway, okay. I'm never going to mention his name again. By him, I mean the fat jobber whose sounds whose name sounds like Roland Paines. <laughs> uh, okay, Kevin Owens and Ezekiel and Elias is fantastic. I hope it hasn't peaked. Yeah, we just covered this. I hope it hasn't either. And and you know, I, I given WWE's record of starting things and having no clue where they're going, like the Retribution storyline, like Raw Underground, famously, that came about the same time that they were doing the during the pandemic era. They have no clue. I really don't think they know. They're just kind of seeing where it leads. Uh, is the injury to Ripley a work? It would be. It would make it a better match at SummerSlam. Screw Ronald. I think you mean Roman. Cheers for now, Grim. Well, yeah, look, um, Rhea Ripley's injury is not a work. From what I understand, it's actually major dental surgery. She got an injury to her uh, teeth. I, I don't know how that happened. I haven't read too much into it, but from what I understand, it is a dental injury. And, you know, honestly, if I was a wrestler, that would be my biggest fear. It, not not even breaking a leg, an arm, you know, of course being paralyzed, but you know, beyond that, beyond it being actually in, killed or paralyzed for life in the in the ring, having my teeth knocked out would actually scare me more than anything. There's just I, I know that from a medical perspective, it's actually the least risky and least uh, pose the least risk on your actual life. But I don't know, like it just uh, it would. I, I can't even think about it, right? I mean, we all have those dreams where you feel like your your teeth fall out. Ah, it drives me crazy. But no, it is. A, it's not a work. It's real, but it's dental. Okay, moving on. This is from Anthony. Anthony V says, "Okay, I thought I'd wait to send my question until after Raw just to make sure this is legit. Roman versus Brock again. Come on now." I had for a thought, uh, I thought for a second, maybe Brock would win this time, but I found out it would be a last man standing match. All that went out the window. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Brock return was pretty cool. Definitely caught me off guard. Just wish he would have returned to face somebody else. Randy, Drew, Gunther could have been next for Roman. I'm under the impression that still it will be Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania next year. This Brock return could have been the way to take these belts off of Roman, but nope. This will be very interesting to see how they're going to take the belts off before WrestleMania, unless he still has them. Well, I think he just, at the very last second there, Anthony, hit the nail on the head. I've been advocating for, and it sounds like the majority of you guys, the listeners, also are advocating for no belts with Rock Roman. I think we all want to see that match. I think that match needs to happen and it's WrestleMania worthy and the rocks hinted at it and young rock, the TV show even hinted at it. 
Uh, even Roman Reigns hinted at it at a house show. But I think we all can collectively say no championship involved. No championship needed. I don't. I can't echo that enough. But my my problem with this that I originally was going to say, Anthony, is I think they will. Because just when you think Vince will be smart enough not to do it, the temptation to put the championship in that match to him would make the match bigger. But he doesn't see that it actually makes the match uh, less attractive to the fans. If you if if you are a fan that has a couple of brain cells to rub together and you've been watching wrestling even for like a year, <clears throat> you know that having the championship in that match <clears throat> is not a good idea. It takes away from the match for uh, many reasons, mainly because number number one, the match doesn't need it, and it would actually be a distraction from what the main story would be, which is family supremacy. Who's the real head of the table? Rock can come out and saying, "I've been listening to you, and you." You've been claiming for two years that you're the head of the table. I mean, there's a whole bunch of, there's a whole great story you could tell. They're related, all that, you know, talk about, he could talk about how he came out at the Rumble in 2015 and heard the crowd boo him and he should have known right then and there. Yeah, there's stuff they could pull from so much and they should focus on that. No championship. That's number one. Number two, the predictability of the championship match would be so obvious that Roman would retain because if The Rock were to win, that would be tra- tragic. I think the crowd would boo it. Honestly, you're, you're putting The Rock at risk of being booed in that match because nobody wants to see The Rock become champion just to drop it in a month or to you know play absentee champion. We've had enough of that. So, yeah, there, there's just no reason at all, and it would detract from the match if the championship was involved. But, again, Vince just looks at it and probably says, oh, well, we had the championship to the match. It's Rock Roman. Why wouldn't the championship be bigger? You know, I, I just can't you hear it? If Vince is still in charge, right? I mean, who the hell knows pending this investigation what comes of it, but assuming he's in charge. But, you know, anyway. All righty. Let's continue. We have Miller from the beautiful South Africa. I'm really keen to do a segment of the best and worst, like I mentioned last week. I would have loved to start this week, but busy going through the job change and city change. So been a very stressful and busy week with a lot of interviews and house searching. I would love input from all the listeners for a segment of the best and worst to give my opinion, but also a majority opinion. So everybody, listen. Uh, well, you can give Miller your, uh, your, your, your feedback, but ha- Miller, how do you want it? Right? Like, because you got to provide some kind of email or social media. You got you to gotta let us know. I mean, I guess they could tweet at me or you guys can all uh, send me emails at uh, mailbag at wwpodcast.com. Yeah. But uh, Miller, you got to provide a little of uh, some kind of some kind of way for them to contact you. But I'm with you. I, I would like to hear your best and worst of the week, too. It's good stuff. And something that we don't offer right now. I mean, I do a week in review, which I guess implies best and worst, but I don't do it. I don't say, oh, this was the best and worst thing of the week. I don't. And that's a good concept. So if you guys want to hear Miller do this for now, send your feedback to me and to uh, see what you would want to hear about the best and worst. What would you like to hear about it uh, in terms of, first of all, do you want it? And what would you like to see in the show? All right. As hectic as the week has been, not being able to watch wrestling or anything, thanks to all the mailbags as well as the host of this great podcast, drawing such a good picture and keeping me informed. I hope everyone has an awesome week further. Uh, cheers for now. Well, 
I'm glad we can keep you up to date on wrestling. You know, I definitely, um, you know, I, I'm glad that you tune in here to to get some of your wrestling, uh, your, your wrestling fix, even if you can't watch it, watch it because going through a job change and a city change and looking for a house, I'm surprised you even had time to write the, this email. <laughs> that is, uh, that's a lot. Okay. Um, every, anybody that's done this, which a lot of us have going through both of them, a job change and city and looking for a house. Whew. Miller, man, that's dedication to call to uh, write in this week. And I appreciate it. And, you know, don't worry about trying to start the, the this episode. If you want to start it like right away, don't, you know, if you can't do it next week, the week after we certainly have a lot of content on this channel. Uh, and, you know, don't kill yourself trying to get that in line. You know, get your life priorities first, right? Like your job, get your house, you know, family, don't worry about the podcast. You know, don't, don't, don't think I'm expecting you to have it next week. You know, so take it as you will. All righty. So, uh, let's see, let's see who's next here. And well, well, let's find out together. Oh, that is Mr. Dennis McGinley and you know, no, nobody else but Mr. Dennis McGinley. I got to say, uh, since I don't watch NXT, I like that song. I like the entrance music. So for a lot of you, you're like, that's the first time you're hearing it? What? Yeah, it is. I mean, you guys know what I think about NXT. No problem with it. Just don't have time. But uh, I like the music. I got to say, that's a catchy little tune. I may add that to my Spotify list or something. Anyway, uh, Mr. Dennis McGinley says, hey, all of you uh, dumb nuts. This is the heel, Mr. Dennis McGinley. So thanks for a very special Patreon. So for all of you other dumb nuts, I'm saying I'm staying in WWE character, heel character, and you can rant and hate me and think all you want on the mailbag and discord chat. Uh, so all of you that well, put the one, you put your one fingers in the air. I'm going to come around and break your finger off and throw you off the dumb WWE and creative. So before I get to my rant, I need my two other team members of my faction and I'm telling them to turn heel and diss everyone that is not in this group. Even when Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan take over the show, that uh, show them that you hate the bloodline and Roman, and you should boo them. Uh, you guys are uh, the you guys are dumb nuts, and he is an old story heel, and the group is, and that tag team is getting old. It is in the. It is in the years for the storyline. So I, I get what you're saying, uh, Dennis. I, I did my best to to um, to to read your, uh, your your message here. But um, yeah, so, uh, boy, you are dedicated to being a heel, Dennis, aren't you? You are just, um, you, you, it's in your soul at this point. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Okay, so how can you like money in the bank premium live event without the two highest titles on the line? Before they uh, WWE creative put the tag team and two highest belts on, what now? It's it's a part time. I remember when every premium live event had a good storyline to the to the event for each belt. I'm getting sick of this Roman 600 plus and tag team Usos 200 plus uh, days getting old, and it's too too long. Matt, I love watching wrestling and I and a storyline that goes for a while, but years for both belts just to have it just for a record. 
I don't care. I have things I could do on Monday night. It's called bingo. Sorry to diss all of you. I'm the heel and you you can hate. WWE needs a change. What are your true thoughts in a loving fan of WWE? It really helps, Matt, as your mailbag is a uh, is a ranch show, I call it now. <laughs> it's a ranch show. Yeah. Uh, for, for, <laughs> some of them could be. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, that's kind of like the subtitle of this show. Take care and rant with you or Mr. and Mrs. next week. For all of you dumb nuts, listen to this twice and let it sink in. I'm out. Well, um, look, Dennis, uh, <laughs> beyond all the insults to just like everyone is, um, I, th- you, I mean, you're onto something here. Like, you know, I, I've echoed that and many have too. just the frustration of it. And, you you know, when you look at back, you look back and when we dissect this Roman run, whenever it ends, we're going to look at it and go. It'll be judged on when they ended it and why. That is going to be when we judge it. We look at it and go, okay, the whole thing was ended by this person on this date, and he lost the belt to this person. And we're going to look at it and say, well, was it worth it? And why did they do that? And why did it go that long? And uh, I think that we're going to look back likely and say, well, I think they just wanted to, as you said, Dennis, Get a record for having a record set, like do break a record just for breaking a record, if that makes sense, just for the sake of breaking a record. That's what I wanted to say, rather than actually doing it when it makes sense and just feeling the pulse of the WWE fans. Notice I didn't say universe because they're fans. They don't live in space. Okay, they're not floating out in, uh, you know, the, uh, the the Milky Way. They're in on Earth. Therefore, they are fans. Um, I still hate the universe term, but you'd imagine that they would, uh, you know, at least at some point, instead of just breaking a record for breaking records sake, they would just say, you know what, this probably makes sense and just do it. But like I've said, I don't think not only is Vince going to look at the title and salivate and think it's going to add to the Roman rock match, but I also believe that they're looking at a thousand days. Imagine that a thousand days as champion, you know, you can hear it. You can see it. It's coming. But um, all right, let's uh, let's roll on here. I know that we have I think we have a, an email more or two. <clears throat> Let me look here. We've got a couple of uh, a couple of emails. And this one is from Dennis. Dennis O'Brien writes in and says, I'm almost done with WWE for a while. Brock versus Roman for the eighth time at SummerSlam. And that is accurate fact. I don't mean eight times at SummerSlam. I mean eight times in main events at a pay-per-view since 2015. I have no problem with both guys, but really, it's getting as ridiculous as the Fast and Furious saga. I can see it now. Reigns versus Lesnar at WrestleMania next year in space. If you saw the last Fast and Furious movie, you will get this. I didn't. So, damn it. I, I can't. I can't laugh at this. I don't even want to fake it. I'll have to watch it. Um, how How is Elias coming back? I'm getting pissed off with WWE. The other company is pure wrestling and fantastic stories. It's coming to a point where I will, I will not watch WWE anymore. It is pathetic and a waste of time to watch. I hate ranting, but what else can you do? What else can I do with the WWE product these days? Well, Dennis, I mean, both Dennis's, Dennis McGinley and Dennis O'Brien. Boy, you both of you guys are living up to the... Uh, the, the Rant Show, because that's apparently what I should just rename this. Is It's not the mailbag. It's the Rant Show. And look, I'm not you. you this is the platform for you guys. I, you, you guys hear me how many times a week rant about crap. 
this is time for you guys to rant too, so don't worry about it. Um, well, I mean, WWE's product right now is, I wouldn't say it's in shambles. I would say a lot of people would be relieved if Roman just drops the belts. And at this point, I think that they they should stop worrying about trying to bring somebody up from NXT that's a young up-and-coming star that would be a perfect fit for the win to beat Roman and then springboard their career off of that victory. I think that's a really a kind of a fairy tale at this point. That would be a perfect scenario, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think the benefit of just dropping the belts to Seth Rollins or Drew McIntyre would be more than the negative or rather the more than the benefit, whatever they think is left of the benefit of keeping Roman champion through a thousand days or whatever. So I think they're at that point where they're just like, let's just, let's just effing end it, have Seth win cash in. And like, like he alluded to that this week. I mean, fingers crossed. So, uh, all right. Well, thank you, Dennis. And I hope you keep watching because otherwise we'll, we'll miss you. We'll miss you. All right. Let's see. I don't have anybody else from Patreon. That's last week's email. I don't think there's anybody else. I know I have. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I do have actually. Uh, I have a voicemail. It's from Owen, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, I think that's it actually for emails, guys. So if you want to get your email in right at the beginning of the show, Patreon also is available to you because it's one of the benefits you get right at the beginning of the show like you heard. So, all right, well, let's take a break then and give a little bit of love to the sponsor of today's episode, and then we'll be right back with all the voicemails. So stay right here. You got to check out the Mentality Show. If you could be a fly on the wall and could hear how men think and really want to hear what goes on in the minds of everyday men, then you should check out the Mentality Show every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. Real men, real talk. The Mentality Show. You can find them anywhere you stream podcasts and YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look up The Mentality Show. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Hello, Zone from the UK. Obviously, interesting week of WWE this week. Um, first of all, I'll give my thoughts on the Brock Lesnar return. Brock Lesnar returning, I think, is always a good thing. Um, I think he's such a good character. I, I personally think he puts on great matches. Sometimes he has the potential to put on very good matches, but I know a lot of his matches, people say, are underwhelming, but maybe that's just because... He has such high standards, but I'm looking forward to Brock Lesnar coming back, but not against Roman Reigns again. I don't know what part this is now, part five, six, seven. It's just, it's, I don't understand it at all. I understand that maybe it's because Randy was um, injured and he won't be there for SummerSlam, but there's so many other people that could put on a match apart from Brock Lesnar, like, I'll put, get Brock Lesnar back and have him have a feud with somebody like Riddle, um, I think that would be a very good feud, uh, with a heel, um, Brock back, or you could have him have a feud with Omos, Omos, and, um, <clears throat> and MVP, I think that would be good as well, seeing how Bobby Lashley's feud with Omos and MVP was pretty good, um, and I think 
Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar are very similar. So I think that would have been a good feud. Not this, again. But anyway, I was going to ask um, if you and Anthony DeMarco could do a what if. What if Brock Lesnar... I can't remember if he had COVID or if he was injured, but I remember in Elimination Chamber, it was meant to be Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns for the... Um, to the championship, and Roman Reigns wasn't there, which meant Brock Lesnar had to went into the elimination chamber, which meant he was the WWE champion. That's then eventually led to this double championship. So, what if that match had happened, and the WWE championship had never been part of this? Because I feel like that would have meant that the unified championships would have never happened. Um, I couldn't see them having another having a. Um, match at WrestleMania because that would have made no sense because they've already had two matches and uh, Roman would have won both of them. Or do you think Brock could have won there? I, I'm not sure, but I think that would be a good show, something to discuss because of how many, how uh, many like consequences have come from it. And the last thing is um, early money in the bank prediction after seeing this Brock Lesnar thing is I think that Drew McIntyre is going to win it and then he's going to cash it in in the SummerSlam. Um, Brock versus Roman, and he's going to win it there by pinning, can you pin, can he pin Brock? Oh, it doesn't matter, but he's going to win it there, and that's why they're then going to have Clash of the Castle, because that's the only reason I can think that they've done this Brock versus Roman match, is for someone to cash in money in the bank, and they've already said that there's going to be Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns at Clash in the Castle for the WWE Championship, then they could easily make it the other way around, where Drew's the champion and Roman's got his rematch. So I think that could happen, because that's the only reason I can see Brock and Roman being a part of it. And you could have something like, uh, I don't know, a way which Roman isn't directly involved in the outcome. Um, like, I don't know, he's, he, he does this, like, Brock... I don't know, but I think that could happen. So, yeah, anyway, peace. Oh, what's going on, buddy? So, okay, yeah, I mean, like, you enjoyed Brock's return? I think most people did, even based on the reaction. And in person and on social media, people seemed generally excited Brock was back until they realized, oh, it's Roman again. That's the whole problem. And, you know, Brock does put on good matches, but they're not the matches that we've suddenly defined now as good matches. Like, the definition of what a good and great match is evolves over time. You know, like somebody that watched wrestling in the 80s would say Hogan and Warrior was a great matchup. Hogan, Andre, they didn't do any high spots whatsoever, right? Very slow, methodical, but people remember it as one of the greatest of all time. And over time, it evolves and evolves. And so today's definition is one that has crazy near falls, insane athleticism, pinfall, reversal, reversal, kick out, false finishes, just like fireworks type of uh, matchup is today's definition of what a great match is. But that's why I think maybe some people crap on Brock Lesnar's style is because it doesn't fit today's quote-unquote definition, but it continues to evolve, and it's very subjective. So, okay, well, um, yeah, that's a good what-if. We haven't done what-if in a while. We've kind of changed it to the current state of WWE, but uh, if we were to return to what-if, if Roman and Brock happened at Elimination Chamber because of, like you said, I think it was COVID that Roman got, um, what if the WWE Championship wasn't involved well i think they would have gotten there anyway 
I, I, I think that Vince, because don't forget, they were calling this the biggest WrestleMania match of all time before Brock won that belt. So, like, they already knew that they were going to call it this. And what's the best way to call it or the way to at least follow through on that is to add as many championships to this as possible, at least in Vince's mind, not mine or yours. So I think it would have happened anyway on a Monday Night Raw, uh, you know, uh, whatever. SmackDown, they would have found some way to get that belt on Brock. They just would have. And, and they, you, I mean, just because I don't think they had anyone lined up for Big E. Even though Seth Rollins, we all were hoping, would be champion at WrestleMania, I, I still don't think that Vince wouldn't have found a way, based on the fact he called it the biggest WrestleMania match of all time, which is a bunch of garbage, and everyone knows it. It was just nonsense marketing. They would have, Vince would have found a way. So as far as your last point here with Drew winning the Money in the Bank and cashing in that night, the only problem that they have is a couple things. Number one, that doesn't seem to be Drew's style. And if you're a baby face, typically you don't want to cash in on a heel when they're the most vulnerable because that could be looked at as advantageous. You didn't really beat them. Now, baby faces have done it, but in general, they, they do it more straight up. If you're a heel, of course, that fits the bill perfectly, which is why I think if Seth wins, he could do it and do it the way you're saying. But you're, I mean, you're right. Clash at the Castle right now is slated to have Drew versus uh, Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. But sure, Drew could be going in as champion. However, I think that they'd be going for the big reaction on an international stage. They haven't been there, what, 25 years. I think they'd want the reaction of him not retaining, but winning it for the first time. That to me, I think, was is with the reaction they'd go with. And they're trying to make that as big of an event as possible. So, you're, I mean, you're right. They could go that road to have him walk in as champion, defend it, and be successful. But I think the bigger reaction would be, can Drew do it on international waters in front of a crowd that's going to be rowdy as hell, pro-Drew, and have him win it there? You know? So, those are the only arguments against it. I, I you know, At this point, anything's possible. You know, and yet I have yet to see an opponent that Roman has faced in a championship match that we all are going, oh, it's finally time. Roman's going to lose. None of us have felt that way in two years. That's also the problem. All right. Good stuff. So uh, let's move on here, guys, and get to that very next voicemail. Hey, it's Kyle from Baltimore. So I've been hearing a lot of people not liking the idea of Becky with the money in the big briefcase because she's been champion already before. People think that she's turned into Charlotte Flair, which might be kind of true, but maybe the difference is, in my opinion, is that I'm more of a bigger Becky fan than I am Charlotte, so maybe that's, I'm based off of fandom. But what is the harm with Becky with the briefcase? Because I think Becky and Seth are going to win the briefcase at money in the bank. I just have that feeling. And why does it such a bad thing? Now, they could give it to Liv Morgan, which could be fine. I would love to see Liv with the briefcase, but I just have a feeling that Becky's going to win. And so, I guess my main point is that why is that such a bad thing? Is it because people always see Becky shaving and they think she's turning into Charlotte Flair, which I I don't know. That seems kind of disrespectful in my opinion, but I mean, it could, maybe, who knows, but 
Becky is doing the best work in my in my opinion on the mic and the way she's acting as a heel, she's just doing fantastic work, so why not? She's the most interesting she's more interesting than Bianca right now, so have her be champion again. <laughs> or I think you'll give it to Rhea, but either way, Bianca's gonna not be champion anymore uh, for for a while because it's not working. But that's my thoughts about Becky. But thanks for our call. Bye. Hey Kyle. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up because I haven't really talked about that side of the women's division much. And uh, Becky as the Money in the Bank briefcase holder would be fun. I like you am having more fun with her character now on a losing streak than I did with her as champion because it got a little bit tired and old and you're like, okay, change it up. And she cut her hair and she knows when to evolve. She's, she's got a very keen sense for the business. She's one of the best promos. I think she doesn't get enough credit for how good she is on the mic. I, I think, you know, people say, oh, she's a good, she, yeah, she's a good promo. Like, take a listen, take a listen to her and put her up against anybody else. She normally knocks it out of the park. Like Becky Lynch is a very good promo. And she's changing her look. Uh, her music is still the same, which I think is one drawback if you're really trying to get her hated because people love that song. And it's hard to unwire your brain for from hearing that and not cheering. So that's one thing they could change. And it's very simple to do. But you, I mean, you're right. Like Becky Lynch is, is Money in the Bank briefcase holder. They, I think they might be setting up for that. I haven't given it too much thought. But Seth and Becky, I think... They could uh, open up Raw and have both of them standing backstage and the Money in the Bank briefcase in their hands and they just pan to them and they both just laugh maniacally and just like walk away from each other or something like both of them as a couple. They're the Money in the Bank briefcase couple or something. I mean, that, that's a bad name, but they, you know, they come up, come up with something. Not that they'd have a storyline together, but just a brief backstage. Hey, uh, both of us have the briefcase. You know, we're the most powerful. We're the it couple or I don't know what or whatever. But yeah, I think they could be setting Becky up because she's been on a big losing streak. Big losing streak. She's going down a spiral. So imagine Becky, if she wins Money in the Bank, what her character is going to do. She's going to be going insane. It's a fun storyline, so I think you're right. Becky, as Money in the Bank briefcase holder, is a lot of fun. And there is no guarantee she's going to win the belt. What if she cashes in and loses? Right? We've seen that before. What would that do to her character to go from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows? A failed cash-in. Like Baron Corbin the thing. So, yeah, you're right. Good stuff, Kyle. Let's continue. Hello, everyone. This is Memphis Mark calling you from Mullet Manor. And this past week has been a pretty eventful week. And I know everyone else is going to have great points on the different matches and everything, so I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to try this a little different. All right, this past taping of WWE was in Nebraska, and Vince came out just to be arrogant and be Vince. Okay. All right, I've got that. But you either got to be disgusted if you've got daughters, like I'm sure his daughter was and Linda McMahon. You could be pissed. If you own stock in this company, you have lost money because of this. And the other, I want to do this real quick. This is called being a mark. 
Mark is someone who buys into the emotional and characteristics of the storyline or characters. All wrestling fans are Marks, some to different levels than others. Think about that. All the people that were hollering, screaming, I mean, I'm a fan of WWE. Right now I'm disgusted with Vince. Think about that. Are you a Mark? Well, I guess we all are by that terminology, but to what level? Something to think about. Anyway, guys, rescue if you can, spay and neuter always, and as always, I'm out. Hey, Memphis Mark, you guys have heard him over the past few weeks covering for Mimi for the AEW review. Uh, also had a, a brief show on the, the Vince McMahon thing, and hey, uh, definitely check out uh, you know Memphis Mark's AEW reviews, and, and he'll be covering one more time this week before Mimi returns next week with your AEW ret- uh, uh, coverage. So Memphis Mark, listen, uh, Vince is a guy that is mysterious. Is he a guy that is uh, guilty of what they're investigating? I mean, the evidence is probably yes. You know, I think we all are just pointing automatically to he did it. This is true. He paid women off and he was having sexual relations with a paralegal or whoever was there or multiple women. And again, I'm sure if this is true, that there is other people and other scenarios in which we are not privy to and it's in the dark, right? Like if you see one, there's many more, right? Isn't that the rule? So there's many more, like for every one you see, there's like 10 you don't or more. Anyway, again, we're, we're presuming guilty before anything. I mean, I guess that's the road we'll just take. I, there's a small chance that Vince McMahon is found not guilty of this and the committee finds nothing. But in general, yeah, I mean, it, evidence probably isn't great. They wouldn't have opened the invest in they wouldn't have opened the investigation if they didn't have substantial evidence to begin the investigation. So, yeah, I mean, I I think it's fair to say at this point presumptively that he is probably found guilty of this. And then then the question is does he step down permanently, step aside permanently, have a reduced role, leave the company completely? Like we'll have that conversation when it comes to but uh, yeah, if you have daughters and all that, certainly it's um, it's not good stuff, not good um, at all. But um, as far as your definition of a mark, I like I have heard that before. I've heard that term. I don't know where you pulled it. I think somebody said it, and I don't know if you said who did or where you found that definition. Um, everyone that watches or participates in pro wrestling is a mark. Now again, like you said, there's different levels of a mark. You could be a you know, super invested in everything, extreme, love everything kind of uh, fan or mark or you can be kind of the casual one that pops in pops out Wrestlemania only SummerSlam maybe kind of fan when it's socially acceptable for those people but if you're even if you even if you're a wrestler you're a mark see I mean that that definition is so wide it casts a massively wide net it captures everyone that watches or participates in the product Wrestlers, production, uh, creative, fans, we're all Marks. Mark is a term that is not just your first name, but it also is a term I think that's been trying, the, the way that it's been used, the tone that it's been used over the last few decades, whenever it's said, 
it's almost said in a negative trying to trying to trying to say it in a negative way like oh you're a mark for that it, it the, it's the t- context in which i've heard people say it and when you just dig into it for two seconds you're like do you, do you even know what you're saying it just means you're a fan right and if you watch anything you you, you could say you're a mark for i don't know uh, whatever the kids are watching these days. My my wife actually just made me watch, although I didn't really put up a fight, uh, Love is Blind and Love is Blind Season 2. Okay, so <laughs> I became a fan of that. But you, you're a mark for anything that you watch and enjoy. That's it. It means you're a fan. You get emotionally invested, as your definition said. So good stuff, Mark. Yes, spay and neuter, everybody. And we'll talk to you soon. Let's continue. Hey there, this is Melissa, and I am from a very tiny, small town in Mississippi that, trust me, you never heard of. Anyway, so I'm new to wrestling, and, you know, I just, I I gotta say, I'm a little ticked off. I'm watching the, the Liv and Alexa thing, and they're rolling around on the mat, and you know, they wouldn't do guys like this. You know, they're they're rolling. You get a pin for a second, and the the guy counts off for one. And then they roll some more. They can't. No, no, uh-uh, no. They would never do the guys that way. That's, you know, I take that as a personal offense. Nothing against the wrestlers. You know, these ladies are awesome. It's just the way that they're handling it. And I also have another question. What in the world is a mullet manner? Could you explain that to me, please? Thank you. <laughs> I was laughing during that question, Melissa. What What, what is a mullet man? No one's questioned it, right? You are the first person. First of all, welcome aboard. Uh, as if you're boarding a ship. Well, first of all, when any, anyone you're new someplace and someone says welcome aboard, like when you're new at a job and, and you know, they always say welcome aboard like you're boarding a train or a ship. I hate that. So I just said something I hate. So I'll just say welcome to the show. <laughs> so anyway, but you are the first person, Melissa, to a question. Like, what is a mullet manor? <laughs> I'd imagine it's uh, what what Mark calls his place. I, I don't know if Mark actually has a mullet, uh, but a manor like M A N O R, like uh, a residence of sorts. So maybe he has a mullet and lives in his manor, his home. I guess that's the best way I can explain it. I honestly don't. Maybe I'm sure Mark could explain it. And uh, Mark, why don't you you put it out there? Let let us know. What's how do what what is mullet manner? How did you come up with that? So <laughs> I love Melissa. You ask so sincerely. Right? Like you you asked uh, just like a just the perfect way. You're like, what in the world is somebody finally asked? Good stuff. Um, but your your comment about the women, Liv and Alexa, rolling around on Raw. I mean, I I uh, was not pleased with this either. I thought it was just it was a complete detraction from the match and even though the match got better as the match went on and things actually got more serious this was just foolishness it was childish i mean i've seen men do this in their match so i know you're saying well they wouldn't do this to men they have done it to the men but in a way that's supposed to be kind of hilarious like they did it um i I, i've seen it in multiple times multiple matches um 
I know you didn't. You just started watching, but they've done it in years past with a, a character named Eugene. But that was more of a comedy character. Um, I know they've done it in um, more recent matches. I can't put my finger on it, but they do it very sparingly for the men. And when they do it, it's a meant to be funny. In this case, they did it in a way that's supposed to be serious, which made it worse. Like you said, the referee was going around counting, and he was doing his, uh, you know, playing in the charade doing his part of counting one, one, one. And you're just like, dude, stop. You know, I know he's doing his job. I understand that. But it just, it added to the, just pure stupidity of that spot. That went on way too long. If they did it for just like five seconds, I would have been like, all right. But they went on for like 30 seconds. It was awful. It was awful. It's like they did it in, you know, rehearsal the night, the day before. They're just like, yeah, that'd be cool. Let, let's see if we can let's see if we can get together and try this. And they did it, and it worked real well in their rehearsal, which I don't think they have really rehearsals for wrestling, but in their minds, or maybe they just talked about it and like, let's try it. And they tried it, and it didn't get any reaction. And the fans, I think, were on the cusp of booing it. It was just garbage. I mean, I'm not saying Liv or Alexa are garbage. I really enjoy their characters, especially Alexa, uh, where she's possibly going. And I think Liv has much more to show. But this, I'm talking about the spot itself, was pure crap. I totally agree. It was it was nonsense. So, <laughs> Melissa, we'll get you that definition of mullet manner and uh, hang in there. So, all right, let's uh, let's get to that uh, next question. What's up, wrestling podcast? Rocky T, Silver Fox here from Houston, Texas. What's going on, Matt? It's been a couple of weeks. I've been busy. Life, you know. So a couple of things here. Let's do a little rapid fire. Uh, first of all, uh, from a few weeks back, you were talking about uh, the super kick maybe becoming a finisher again. Well, the last that I recall, Superstar using it as a finish to actually get the one, two, three would be Dolph Ziggler winning the NXT title. So if not him, he's you know not super active right now. Who else could you see maybe adopting the super kick as a finisher? First question. Uh, you also mentioned maybe the as power bomb coming back as a as, as a finish instead of a transition move. Uh, my favorite power bombs, you know, growing up was Diesel's Jackknife and the Vader bomb. So I wanted to know what were some of your favorite power bombs of uh, you know growing up and watching. And um, I also agree with you. We are in America. It is Gunther, not Gunther. So I'm on. I'm on that same boat with you. And uh, a little thing on, on the Elias note. Um, the beard was the beard fooled my son. It did not fear me. Uh, fool me. Excuse me. Easy enough for me to say. Uh, so I just wanted to make a, a notation. Have you seen the WWE roster page? There's a profile for Elias and a profile for Ezekiel. And also, there's a WWE t-shirt that has a print of both of them on it, and it's headlined, it says, I am not Elias. Uh, and I think that's going to about wrap it up for me uh, this week. Uh, one more little thing on the Vince note, him coming out for the little, you know, a couple minutes at the end of the show. I think he's just trying to get the last couple of pops he can get with his entrance knowing that you're going to be under investigation, won't be on TV for the foreseeable future or maybe at all in the future. So I think he's just coming out to get those last couple pops from the fans, get a quick reaction, and, of course, your face, you know. So, anyways, that's all for me today. And, uh, oh, one more thing for our wrestling collection. We now welcome Mr. Brody Lee, AEW 
wrestling line with the TNT title. We'll keep it hidden in the box, and he's going to write up on the show. All right, everybody have a good week. Rocky T, good to hear from you, buddy. And so who do I think could adopt the super kick as the finish? I think Ricochet. Ricochet could stop trying to put his life and well-being on the line every single time he has a matchup and, you know, use that. Now, he does have a similar style to Dolph, but, you know, he could certainly do it. Hell, Big E. Why? I would take Big E. That'd be my number one candidate. Anything would be better. An eye poke. The finger poke of doom would be a better finish than the big ending. So uh, let, let me put Big E at the front of that line. Okay. Power bombs coming back as a finish. Love it, love it, love it, love it. I think Ken Shamrock, if I'm not mistaken, had a power bomb. That might have been a belly to belly suplex. I could have sworn he had a, a power bomb finish. Um, yeah, of course, Diesel, right? Like Diesel had his jackknife power bomb, one of the more famous ones. Um, yeah, I mean, so to me, I, I want to say Ken Shamrock for some reason had a really nice power bomb. Uh, that I, I do remember. And so. I want the power bomb to be looked at and viewed as an actual finish. And thanks to Gun- uh, Gunther, who I almost slipped. <laughs> thanks to Gunther, it is being reestablished as a finish. And I am really high on Gunther right now, i.e. Walter. If you guys haven't checked his previous workout as under Walter, check it out. I mean, he's he, he's got star written all over him. And even though he doesn't have a great promo, which is why he has a, a, a mouthpiece, doesn't matter. Right now, the guy can... He's, he more than looks the part, and he wrestles just fine. Um, but uh, so is, did I see the roster page for Elias and Ezekiel? I did not. So WWE's really committing here, and I like it. You know, uh, you know, it, it fools your son. It did make me do a double take, too. I'm like, did we all just get duped? Is this one of the biggest swerves in wrestling history? Like, they're actually two different people? If just for a moment, and I looked, I'm like, uh, good try, but no. Like it, it did. You looked at it and you're like, okay, the ha- the top of the head is perfect. The hair was perfect. The beard they did as good as they could, and I give them credit, right? Uh, so it fooled the younger audience as it as it uh, was designed, and the adults are going, hmm, let me look a little closer, and eh, nope, but good try. Uh, so good stuff though, good stuff. Thank you, Rocky T. I hope to hear from you soon. And uh, yeah, life is uh, life's crazy, isn't it? Keeps us all very preoccupied and uh, sometimes strays us away from what we should be focusing on, too. So, all right. Well, uh, just like this show. I mean, ev- this show should be everyone's priority. I mean, I don't know if you you guys knew that, but uh, this this show comes before family, friends, and work. I mean, like, this show comes before everything. I hope everyone understands that. So, okay. Let me get to the final voicemail here and see who it is. I believe it's our closer. Let's see. Hey, man. This is Justin from Maryland. Just wanted to get my thoughts on a couple of topics. <clears throat> so first, I can honestly say that I had a feeling that someone was going to come out after Roman gave the promo because it was like five minutes left. But I didn't expect it to be Brock. So here we go, Brock, Roman again, last man standing match. I hopefully expect Seth Rollins to cash in somehow and get the WWE title off Roman. But I'm not really excited for the Brock match because we've seen Roman and Brock. <clears throat> and I felt like if they could have found somebody else, maybe, uh, you know, lastly to fight him at SummerSlam. So I wasn't really thrilled about that. So we'll see. Next, um, 
John Cena returning, definitely excited. I was I had an idea. Um I know people keep talking about him in theory, but maybe Finn Balor, because remember that whole storyline with Cena took Finn Balor's uh, title shot, and Finn Balor said he didn't forget. So maybe Finn Balor attacks Cena, and um, you know we get that match, or we can get a tag match. Maybe Edge returns and save Cena after you know getting attacked, and then we get Cena and Edge against Edge. So. Um, then that's it. Um, I'm not sure who the favorite is for the women's money in the bank because we don't know who's in it. But we're not in it, but we don't know all the competitors. But I want to see maybe Alexa Bliss because I don't know if Becky's going to somehow get into the match. They might have, like, you know, a last chance match. But I was hoping that Becky would have gotten in there. But we'll see. It'll definitely be a good match. So, yeah, that's it, man. I think my time's almost up. So talk to you next week. You've done it again, Justin. You outsmart me, and you make me—you make us look foolish in a good way. Okay, <laughs> no, because for real, you—you—you you, uh, you bring up some good stuff that I did not think about, and I forgot, and I fit Vince McMahon's mold of a wrestling fan of forgetting everything. And that is, namely, the Finn Balor comment about John Cena taking his opportunity at last year's SummerSlam. You're exactly right. Now. The question is, does WWE remember that? You know, there are concerns that they don't. Hopefully Finn Balor does, because he did say he has unfinished business with Cena that he'll deal with. And well, John Cena's coming back Monday. You're now a heel, Finn. Go for it. So I love that. I also, like you said, Edge and Cena versus the Judgment Day three-on-two handicap match. Good stuff. Now, there's also some speculation, if you did that, I'm sure, of Edge turning on Cena. Given the history of Edge and John Cena, I mean, that that there's a long history dating all the way back to New Year's Revolution 2006 when Edge first cashed in. I was there live front row right behind the announcers. First row. It was amazing. Him cashing in on John Cena that night. And beating John Cena after two spears to capture the WWE championship. Then it was the god-awful spinner belt. And, I mean, I remember my hometown popped the hell out of that. We loved that because we hated John Cena. And uh, so there's history going back all the way to 2006. And then, of course, they had many, many awesome matches between then and, uh, you know, 2010. And, And they just had a great rivalry. And I wouldn't mind seeing them continue one to WrestleMania. I wouldn't mind seeing Edge versus John Cena at WrestleMania. Would you? There's a hell of a story there. And both of them, imagine Edge and John Cena's promos. It would be otherworldly, given their history and given the talent that both men have on the mic. So that that's what I'm advocating. Now you got me excited, Justin. Because even if John Cena gets beat down by the Judgment Day, he's interrupted, right? He's interrupted by the Judgment Day. Damian Priest and Finn Balor and maybe a fourth member beat him down. And you're like, oh, my God. And then Edge comes out, makes the save, and it's uh, it's established that it's three on two at, at, uh, at Money in the Bank or at SummerSlam. Maybe at SummerSlam. That sounds like a SummerSlam match to me. Um, you know, perhaps that's what happens. Um, and then... At some point, you get Edge turning on John Cena 
if Cena was to come, you know, if this isn't a one-off and Cena makes another appearance in like a couple of months, maybe towards the end of the year or something, and Cena comes back and Edge attacks him, and bam, we're off to the races with a John Cena versus Edge one-on-one match for WrestleMania. Boy, um, boy, I, I'm like booking myself into fantasy land here. But Justin, damn you, good stuff. That's a I would have never remembered that about Finn Balor, and I, I remember saying when it happened, I gotta remember, I gotta remember. Well, you did. Okay, so Seth hopefully cashes in though. Yeah, I hope he does. But the thing is, if he cashes in. I think we're supposed to believe that it's for the unified championship, meaning one singular championship. I I don't think it's split. No one's made that clear. But to me, the word unify means to bring together. So that's what I would imagine. But I hope Seth does that. God, I hope he does it. Um, Yeah, I'm not excited for the Brock match either, simply because it's against Roman. Totally agree. And the Alexa or the rather the women's division as who far as who could win the money in the bank match for the women i still think alexa bliss is the top contender a great candidate for it she belongs there but also becky lynch as i made a case for earlier because they're setting her up to hit rock bottom no pun intended to just elevate her back up win the money in the bank and maybe have a failed cash in sending her to into an absolute spiral of a like a, a lifetime you know but alexa bliss is all a very close second for me so justin Awesome points as always. Really love when you close the show. And uh, thank you to everybody as we uh, roll things out here in just over an hour. I like this time. To me, like an hour is manageable. We've had some two and a half hour. Th- We've had have almost three hour shows once. But uh, let's see. Is next week a pay-per-view week or a live premium live event week? Uh, wait a minute. Am I losing my mind? Yeah, it is. So next week, Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan will be back for your mailbag show doing the emails i'll be doing the voicemails so that'll be a lot of fun so uh, don't forget about that and uh anybody who's new and wants to write in or call in that information is in the description of this show i've always put it in the description so i don't have to remember to uh, speak it so we have the, the phone number and we have the email try to keep your voicemail to three minutes or less if you are uh setting a an audio file via email but all righty thank you to everybody as always much appreciated this show is for you guys created by you guys for you guys all that kind of uh pandering stuff and uh consider going ad free though on patreon.com slash wwe podcast apple podcast offers an ad free uh subscription for 99 cents or ten dollars a year we also have an a yearly option with a discount on patreon for new patrons and wwepodcast.com go vip and get yourself signed up and uh like i said i will i'm really going to try to do a drunk podcast and that sounds super unprofessional but it's not going to be on the public feed it would only be available to patrons and i have no idea what i would talk about but it'd be hilarious (laughs) because uh Not to toot my own horn, but I think I'm a fun drunk. Okay. And uh, famous last words, right? Okay. Anyway, uh, so I will will poison myself for your enjoyment. Like alcohol literally is poisoning yourself, but we'll see when I can do that. But anyway, thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you to the new listeners and everybody who continue to support the show. Give us a five-star rating if you can. Take care, and I will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash wwepodcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.